Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 22 of your ex-boyfriend's podcast. Welcome back. For those of you who are listening in Washington, um, I hope you're enjoying this lovely June that we're having. It's June 12th. Current temperature this morning when I went to Starbucks was 53 degrees with overcast clouds and light drizzle. (laughs) Is it summer? Not technically, but we're nine days away and it feels like it's the middle of October. (laughs) Although I ask you this question, how many of you would rather have the insane heat that we've been experiencing the last well fuck decade at this point but like the last five six years where we've had like there were various times where we were hitting like 80s and 90s in april and may personally i could do without that because i was born and raised in the pacific northwest and i wilt in that kind of heat (laughs) Uh, not entirely true. I actually do okay, but that's way too early to have that kind of temperature. So, you know, maybe we could find a happy middle ground weather. Probably not. You know, global warming is just gonna, you know, keep ruining things. And well, I should say we're going to keep ruining things through global warming. (laughs) Anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. (laughs) Welcome back. Uh, what are we talking about here? Resource management. Oh, but first, you know, let's talk about some old business. Um, in the past, we talked about multiple times. I told you guys about the show Ted Lasso and how it portrayed, um, anxiety, mental health in a really positive way, uh, a real, very realistic way. I felt and it you know the the show has a special place in my heart brain whatever so in that same vein I think you know who at this point who hasn't seen stranger things <laughs> but if you haven't and you want to see some very poignant uh on the nose portrayals of mental health crises um struggles i think you should give stranger things a watch specifically season four like this show has been going on for a while i want to say season one aired back in like 2016 maybe 2017 somewhere in there never in, in in my opinion it never got too deep yeah it's a really good show and and it deals with a lot of serious shit but it never got it never got season four deep it never got season four real you know it's heavy (laughs) um but in a good way it season four showcases through some very man poignant scenes um various characters dealing with um some real shit like trauma and ptsd um feelings of grief uh shame and guilt 
struggling with their self-worth. And they, the, the creators of the show, lean real hard into these scenes, like with uh, monologues and flashbacks. And it's, it's not just passing. It's not just you're figuring out that these characters are dealing with shit through context clues and you know various interactions with other characters there's some real like let's just lay it on this person is racked with horrible shame or this person has no idea where to source their self-worth um complete identity crisis like oh it's heavy in a good way like kudos to the show creators for you know being willing to to portray that because if you've watched the show if you've seen any of it before season four you know that there is some crazy stuff that these children are dealing with and there is no way that they wouldn't suffer mentally emotionally from all this shit and i don't i guess i don't just mean the children the adults too which they address so real good go watch season four stranger things i think i avoided all spoilers there pretty proud of myself um give it a watch and then tell me what you thought next up i want to shout out to my neighbors amanda and jarek couple next door for adopting me (laughs) and and befriending me (laughs) oh Man, so we've talked on this podcast about how hard it is to make friends as an adult, how extra hard it is to make friends as an adult when you're more naturally introverted. And um, they totally have... Guys, I just want to say it right now. I think I made some friends, like actual friends, not just acquaintances that are friendly. And it's all due to having cool neighbors (laughs) like we we went out the other day uh they have a a little group of friends here in seattle where i live or where we live and we all went out the other day which is a whole story in itself for those who are wondering if uh eagles lodges (laughs) throw a good party the answer is yes but also you should probably be drinking if you're under the age of 40 <laughs> cuz it is strange it's weird and strange in a good way but if you're going to have a drink that's the place to do it because the drinks are cheap let me tell you something the dues that those lodges are collecting and using to subsidize you know good times for the old folks amazing i was drinking like local craft micro brews from a a brewery just down the street for four dollars a pint and they were real 16 ounce pints let me tell you it was nuts i ended up with a bar tab less than 20 dollars. i think that was like five drinks (laughs) nuts anyway that's tangent but y'all know that i have a thing about the real 16 ounce pint For those of you who don't know, I get real angry when a restaurant place of business says, oh yeah, it's a pint of beer and it's a 14 ounce cup. 
Are you kidding me? That's not a pint. They charge you the price that you would pay for a pint for two ounces less of beer. How is that okay? And they call it a pint. It's not. It's not a pint. God. Anyway, horrible tangent. I'm getting all riled up. <laughs> uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. Sh- shout out to my neighbors. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, I think I did it. I think I made friends. And we actually go do stuff together. It's been amazing. Uh, in more serious terms, it's been actually really nice because recently I had in my house uh, a, a water leak. There was uh, a clog somewhere in the drain out of the bathroom. Thank God it wasn't the toilet. It was the shared drain uh, that the shower and the sink are on. It got clogged, backed up, and water started leaking on the first floor of my house um, without me noticing. Like, I took a shower, and like two gallons of water ended up on the floor of, of the first floor. And because I was friends, because I have a good relationship with my neighbors, I did not have to get put up in a, a B&B or a hotel by my landlords while they fix that that's the only reason like I was able to go use the bathroom go shower brush my teeth whatever um, at my neighbor's house and my landlords also benefited that you know they were able to get in here and, and fix the stuff and and not have to displace me I was happier they were happier it was a good scenario all around. So, uh, heroes for this week, Amanda and Jarek. Thank you. And I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> Actually, I do know where to go with that. <laughs> uh, the lead up to the subject for this for this week, uh, resource management. Um, while we were out, my neighbors and I. There was a conversation had, and it was very brief, and I don't even remember if it was between the three of us or if it was me and some of their other friends. Honestly, I'm not sure who started it, but I ended up, we ended up talking about this concept of the late reply. The idea that if you're texting somebody or you're emailing somebody, although most often we see it with text. Um, if you take a minute, if you take a while to get back to the person, like let's say you're having a text conversation and then there is a gap of a couple hours where you don't respond to the last thing that they said, there is this feeling of pressure to apologize for the late reply to say, oh my bad, sorry about that. And then explain why you were late which if you think about it is kind of nuts like the fact that we feel like we have to feel bad the fact that we feel like we need to explain ourselves for not being immediately available for not um, carrying on the conversation in this um, arbitrary time frame and this conversation we were having 
uh, was very brief. Um, it, it, it was nowhere near as long-winded as I'm about to make this <laughs> or as I already have made this. Um, it was more of a passing uh, comment by somebody that I, I ended up saying you know something about. And then it was lost in the rest of the conversation. But it got me thinking about this concept of resource management when we're talking about the late reply the resource being attention to the conversation attention to the interaction that you were paying um with that other person it could be time spent conversing time spent thinking about whatever was happening all this to say like what we're talking about now is this idea that there are expectations societal cultural expectations of your time of your energy your physical presence your emotional or mental presence expectations of your investment from all angles like there is this unspoken pressure that you feel on a regular basis to commit various different types of resources to scenarios like we're talking about with the text thing there are expectations unspoken um, of immediate communication like with this um, technology that we have we expect communication to occur in this short window in this time frame we don't have like actual numbers set out but there is this expectation of i just texted you i should receive a text back in a timely fashion if the conversation is ongoing you're going to get expectations in all sorts of ways expectations of of emotional investment of matching somebody's emotional investment in a thing that may or may not have anything to do with you. In a lot of cases, it doesn't. Um, there'll be expectations of capability. Like, do you have the ability to take on something um, when you may or may not have the ability? Um, this kind of ties into like reciprocal acts of service. Like there are, there are expectations that I did for you. Now you do for me or God, there's, there's just so many. And those are kind of broad, vague examples, but we'll, we'll get into more uh, concrete. So I said before, long time ago in episode three, time is your most precious resource it is finite and you do not know how much you have it could run out at any time so with that time it becomes what do you do with the allotment that you have what do you do with the time that you are allowed I think a really good way to explain that for, for myself, to explain that concept is to look at my spirituality 
and or um, belief in <laughs> belief in the beyond or lack thereof in my case. Um, so this conversation has come up many times with friends and family and, and dates and partners like the idea that in my opinion there is uh nothing after we die um it's a different belief than atheism i don't claim to know what happens i don't claim to know concretely that there isn't any sort of afterlife that there isn't any sort of higher power i'm not saying i know because how would i know um it's agnosticism is as that that's what i call it i don't know but i don't believe i don't think it's likely um i'd be willing to be proven wrong but i really don't think that's going to happen so given that i have been asked many a time well if there is nothing afterwards like doesn't that kind of sap the meaning out of out of life isn't there like wouldn't you say that it's more meaningful and 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 i guess better in a way to have there be some point some purpose some some something to you know be working towards and and i've talked about it enough that i i think that you know i've gotten it down <laughs> I've, I've been able to you know tell people in in very um certain terms that i believe it is the exact opposite i think that it is the most beautiful thing in the world that there are no second chances that there are no do-overs this life that we are currently living is the one and only chance that we have to do anything of worth to do anything that matters to make any sort of impact and i think that because it is the one chance because we have nothing to reward us or punish us in the end it makes it that much more precious like we literally have one opportunity to do all of the things that we want to do to make all of the impact that we want to have when your time runs out when that pool that you are born with runs dry you're done and whatever you did in however long you had is all that's going to be left behind that is what you are judged by you weren't judged by um, a deity you weren't judged by um, any sort of you know extra dimensional entity that then governs what you do or don't do or what you get or don't get after the fact it is literally the legacy that you leave behind and how it impacted the people in your life, the world around you. That is what you are judged on. 
So get it right, you know. Do as much as you can to take full advantage of that time. I think that is the ultimate goal, right? And I don't I don't actually remember if we spoke about it in episode 3, but like the goal with that time, with that most precious resource of time is to make the most of it. And you know, we've all heard the the platitude, right? Live every day like you were dying. And it gets said so much that it kind of gets, you know, washed out. It doesn't really have the same impact as it should. But that is really the goal, is to make every possible use out of the time that you have. To leave behind something of worth. And not only to leave behind after you're gone, but to make the most out of the time when you're here. With that in mind, I wanted to talk about resource management. Being able to effectively manage your various resources, such as time, energy, emotional investment, money, effort, your physical presence, um, etc. <laughs> Being able to manage these resources is key to balance. It is key to making the most of the time that you have. You have to do this for yourself. Like I think we all know that maybe at a conscious level, some of us subconsciously, I think we all understand that you know, living a balanced life isn't just, you know, e- eating a balanced breakfast. <laughs> um, living a balanced life means allocating those resources that you have in a way that maximizes the good that they do, not putting all of yourself into one thing or another, not putting too much into one thing and neglecting another, like living your life in a way that feels healthy and balanced and and positive, productive, allows you to grow. Um, you do have to manage those resources. But not only is it something that you have to do for yourself, you also have to manage that with other people. Um, and this is heavily tied, I would say, inextricably tied to the ability to set and enforce and respect boundaries with other people. And we haven't talked about boundaries in quite some time. I mean, episode four was 18, 17, 18 weeks ago. I know I skipped a week in there. Um, but being able to set boundaries and enforce them with other people is critical to resource management when it comes to those other people. This idea, I think, is 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 best personified um, when you think about it like nobody else is entitled to any bit of you. There is this idea of, at least in this culture, there is this idea of because I am X to you, then I am entitled to Y. Like there is a transaction occurring. There is an equation 
because I am this, then I get that. And that is entirely false. Nobody on this planet is entitled to any of your time, any of your energy, any of your emotional investment, any of your physical presence, nothing. There is no such thing. And I think maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, we may have talked about this before somewhat with the idea of unconditional love. I honestly don't remember. (laughs) That's kind of the danger of doing these episodes the way I do them. Like, I have a hard time remembering sometimes if I've said something or not. Um, But the idea that, you know, unconditional love is the idea that there are no transactions occurring. There is nothing that says, because we are this, because I love you, because I am this to you, then I am entitled to anything. Unconditional love being the freedom to be exactly who you are and vice versa. You know, it goes both ways, hopefully. So with that, you know, that transactional mindset ends up being the way that a lot of people think. We're taught to think that way. That's kind of what society has pushed. Um, pop culture is is a, there's a lot to blame on pop culture. This is one of those things. The idea that, you know, you deserve anything from anyone. There are maybe basic things that you deserve, uh, like human rights. <laughs> Do you deserve to be respected? Do you deserve to um, not be physically attacked? Do you deserve to have bodily autonomy? You know, these sorts of things, yes, human rights. <laughs> we, we'll just look in the, in the Bill of Rights, right, for some of them. Um, but you don't get to be entitled to anything from another person. And you have to be okay with that. So when we're talking about resource management, uh, you have to be able to set boundaries with people who do feel entitled, who do feel like they deserve something from you. Um, Because if you lack boundaries, if you are disordered in your ability to set boundaries, or in very often cases, you're disordered in your ability to enforce them, your resources are going to get sucked away (laughs) like horribly. Um, And again, I want to shout out to Terry Cole and her book, Boundary Boss. Please read that. I highly recommend it. The amount of resources that end up getting put into other people is staggering. And eventually you realize, holy shit, I've been living my life putting me last. I've been living my life pouring time and energy, investing in other people, um, and none of that was going into me, and I am unhappy. And you do not want to be that, you know, when your pool of time runs out, when it when it runs dry, you do not want to be the person that's like, shit, <laughs> I didn't do it for me. I didn't live that life for me. I lived it for others. 
not not awesome. <laughs> so let's talk about some more concrete examples of of this uh, concept of resource management and boundaries. Um, I feel like if I talk about one, I'm going to end up talking about the other. Um, so bear with me <laughs> if this episode turns into boundaries part two. <laughs> Show them the door part two. Um, then forgive me. <laughs> uh, okay. So what are some examples of this resource management? So how about a friend who treats you like their therapist? Who, when you talk to them, every conversation that you have ends up being about their problems. Um how they are struggling, how they are um, hurting, how they all the things that they would like to do that they feel like they can't, um, any number of things. Like just gen- in general, the uh, the friend that cannot help but turn every conversation into a bitch fest, or you know maybe they're actually thinking like, hey, I don't have to go to therapy. I just have a friend who I can unload on. You know whatever. That is a scenario in which you are pouring emotional investment into another person. If you're trying to fix their problems, if you're trying to help them, you are uh, emotionally investing into that person. In reality, we can all agree, I think, that if someone is unwilling to help themselves... If someone is unwilling to do the things that would make their situation better, or like in this case, very specifically, if they're unwilling to actually talk to a therapist, that's not your problem. You need to be able to say, hey, I'm your friend. I appreciate that you feel safe talking to me. I want the best for you, but I cannot be the person that you go to only when you are feeling shitty. I cannot be the person that you treat like a therapist and at the same time refuse to do anything that an actual therapist would tell you to do. And maybe you're, you are telling them to do the things that a therapist would tell them to do. But you have to be able to say, I can't do this. If you want to be my friend, and I want you to be my friend, Our relationship cannot be me committing all these emotional resources to your problems. Because at the end of the day, they're your problems. They're not mine. And as much as I want the best for you, as much as I want you to be healthy and happy, me pouring all of myself into your issues doesn't help you. It doesn't help me. It's not healthy for either one of us you have to be able to set that boundary um and take back that resource take back that commitment of emotional energy that is better put into yourself and it's not to say that you don't commit some emotional energy into a friendship because you do if you are truly friends and you do care about another person, and you want the best for them, and you care about their struggles and how they may be hurting, you do commit 
a certain amount of that of that resource it cannot be an endless stream they cannot just suckle at the teat <laughs> of your emotional breast <laughs> oh that's good you know every once in a while it strikes me that like I may get into some deep, serious shit on this podcast, but at the end of the day, I'm just like a dumb construction worker. <laughs> and it shows sometimes. It makes me laugh. Um, yeah. So what's another example? For yourself, let's just talk about example for yourself. Balancing work, sleep, physical fitness, a good diet. Self-care, pleasure, like hobbies, fun stuff. Being able to commit resources to all of those areas without um, neglecting any of the others. I think this is something that like literally 100% of the people that I know, including myself, struggle with. Living a balanced life in a way that, um, you know, benefits you i sacrifice all the time one of those areas for another like when i was working a graveyard shift i would consistently far too excuse me far too often i would sacrifice sleep in order to put time and energy into another one of those categories because i had to like if I was going to spend time with friends, if I was going to see my family, if I was going to go do something in the limited amount of time that I had on the weekends, I had to sacrifice sleep sometime because as much as I would have liked to maintain a regular schedule, um, and when I say regular, I mean like consistent. So like sleep during the same time that I normally would during the work week, which means or did mean during the day, I couldn't. Because nothing is open at night. People don't want to do things at night, in the middle of the night. So there were times when I would just have to not sleep or I would take a tiny nap and then go do stuff. That's terrible for you. And I definitely suffered because of it at times. Like, I think maybe we need to do a segment in a future episode (laughs) about how awful working a graveyard shift is for you like so many ways that it makes your life worse (laughs) we definitely need to talk about that (laughs) and why nobody should ever be stuck on a graveyard shift graveyard work does have to be done it needs to be cycled through employees it needs to be temporary because doing it long term is fucking awful (laughs) okay i'm not gonna go off on too big of a tangent though because i have a lot to say yeah so being able to commit resources like time and and energy and and sometimes money into the things in your life in a way that doesn't you know hyper focus or hyper neglect any one of them um what else okay here's one like you're at work So you have a work associate who relies on you to do their job. And 
you may or may not realize that, but they are um, relying on your investment of effort into doing a good job at work um, to maintain their position. This is something that I think a lot of people end up stuck in, in which they continually take on a little bit extra responsibility and then realize that they're actually finally doing somebody else's job um, and that other person may or may not be doing an equal amount um, in return. Most often the case is probably not. (laughs) So, you know, in that case, you have to be able to say, this isn't my job. I am paid to do X. And now I'm doing X, Y, and Z. It doesn't make me a bad employee. It doesn't make me a bad coworker to put boundaries up, to put limits on what I am willing to do. It's not good for the other person either, for somebody else to rely on you to be successful at their job. And I use successful in quotes. That doesn't help them. What's another example? I don't want to get too carried away here because we're coming up on 45 minutes. I thought this was going to be a short episode. (laughs) Um, for yourself, yeah, an example, watching too much doom and gloom news, um, you are emotionally investing in shit that you cannot control. And I'm not saying like you can't impact some of the stuff that you see on the news. Like a lot of this is like politics. Um, people tend to just soak (laughs) in the shit that they see on TV And, you know, the majority of what the media portrays is negative, right? We'll go into that eventually. That's another episode. (laughs) Why do we only see negative stuff on the news? But for people who want to watch, they end up just being inundated with all this shit. And they are emotionally invested in it, like, regularly. That is not good for you. And there's research, there's studies, there's data out there that tells you This is not good for you. You need to disconnect. During the whole COVID pandemic, this was a very real problem that got brought to light. The whole continuous coverage of the pandemic, coupled with all of the uh, protests over the murders that had occurred, um, like the killing of George Floyd, and then couple that with the political spectrum, not spectrum, the political environment that we were in at the time, the presidential election. And then, you know, depending on where you lived, you have any number of local issues that you're dealing with. Um, Like here in Seattle, we had the West Seattle Bridge (laughs) go down at the same time as the pandemic, as the lockdown started. And then we had, during the protests, summer of 2020, we had that Capitol Hill um, occupied autonomous zone thing. I can't remember what it was called. But there was all sorts of like stuff happening at one time locally in addition to the national you know, issues we were facing. And I personally know people that just could not get out of their funk. Like they were just living in this constant state of um, bitterness and negativity because of everything that was going on and their inability to disconnect from like the news. It sucks the life out of you. The amount of mental and emotional energy that you're putting into that, even just by sitting there and watching, it it takes from other parts of your life. And I saw that. I saw it happening. Personally, I 
for many reasons. I do not watch the news. Uh, I'm aware of what's going on around me, but I do not allow it to be fed to me through network news um, for so many reasons. But watching that happen to other people that I cared about um, made me realize that like in that scenario, you have to be able to understand what's happening to you and you have to be able to say, I need to pour these resources, this mental and emotional energy, this investment in what is happening into productive avenues. I need to disconnect from this constant feed of negative bullshit, even if some of it is very real and some of it like you should be connected to, but I need to disconnect from how it's being presented to me and work towards putting that energy in more productive uh, areas. Like instead of emotionally investing in all this stuff that's going on, um, do something about it. Like, look at the positives. Look how you could assist. Look how you could contribute um, instead of just being told how it's all pointless and the world's going to the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, the final example that I wanted to to give here, I think, is as we've talked about before, kind of the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> the romantic relationship um, is such a good mirror for all problems. Uh, in this example, you have a significant other who makes their own personal issues, anything they, they might be struggling with on a personal level, whether that's mental health or f- their family or um, anything that they might be de- dealing with, like uh, past trauma or... Um, I don't know, depression, anxiety, whatever. You have a significant other that makes those personal issues relational. They turn the stuff that they're dealing with that they should, that that they need to handle on their own, they turn that into a relational problem. Something's wrong with the relationship. Something's wrong with how you interact with them in your romantic relationship. That's a big one. I've experienced it myself. And as the other person in that scenario, as the person facing the significant other that says, hey, this issue is um, our problem, you have to be able to discern and communicate that no, this is not. This takes a, a, this takes a great amount of self-awareness and uh, you need to be looking critically at your relationship with them and your relationship with yourself in order to not agree and make it relational. Because how many times have we been in a romantic relationship in which somebody, our our partner says to us, hey, this is something that, you know, there's a problem with our relationship or there's something we need to work on. And you just go, okay, I'm trying to be a good partner. Let's work on it. And then over time, you realize that had nothing to do with you. Like, like we're trying to work on our relationship when it's really their issue. That's not to say that you don't support your partner. That's not to say that you don't help them when they need help. You know, that is what a, a romantic relationship is about is, you know, you're, you're there for your partner. You're there for your significant other. Um, but as with any relationship, 
it does not matter what kind, you cannot get blood from a stone. You know, you cannot pour all of yourself into another person and expect that to make the problem go away, especially in this scenario when the problem has nothing to do with you. Like it, it, it cannot be solved by your emotional, physical, maybe even monetary investment. At some point, they need to figure their shit out, whatever that shit may be. And all you can do is stand by and, you know, be there for them in a healthy way. There was a, a, a quote I like, and I'm going to paraphrase, I think. I don't, I don't think I can remember it ver- verbatim. But all you can do in that scenario is provide an environment in which if that person wanted to come up for air, they could be a safe space, you know, for your, for your partner. But being that safe space does not mean making it unsafe for you. So now that we're dragging on towards an hour, go me. <laughs> uh, Really, if it boils down to anything, this idea of resource management, it boils down to boundary setting and enforcement with other people and discipline for yourself. I think that's the simplest way to put it. Like I said, you can't get blood from a stone. You cannot give of yourself endlessly in any way and expect there to be, you know, leftover in the end, you know, if you give endlessly to somebody else, you run out of resource resources for yourself. If you give endlessly to certain parts of your own life, to certain aspects, whether that's work or play or a relationship or, you know, whatever, you're going to neglect other areas. You're going to find yourself lacking in ways that you don't want to be lacking. Um, you see all the time what happens when you try to do this, when you try to give too much time or energy or money or, or physical presence or mental energy, when you try to give too much in one area or another or into another person, you get burnt out with that relationship. You get fatigued with the things that you normally enjoy. You find yourself pulling away in order to um, recharge. Essentially, you see that all the time when a relationship will get damaged because somebody ends up pulling away, like they disconnect from the relationship. And, you know, we look at that as like, oh, you know, they're doing something wrong. They're, they're not investing in the relationship in the way they used to be. In in reality, what they're doing is trying to recharge. They're trying to refill those reserves. They're trying to allocate resources to themselves. Because we're not taught how to do this, because that's not pushed, well, hasn't been pushed, I should say. There is, I've noticed, a more public uh, consciousness of you need to invest in yourself. So kudos to those people who are pushing that um, idea. But 
because it, we're not taught how to do this healthily with ourselves, how to do this, you know, positively with another person, it ends up, you know, causing it, it, it not causing, it's not the cause of the problem. It ends up looking like a negative. Like when somebody pulls away and says to themselves, oh my God, I need to make time for me. I need to focus on me. I need to get right with myself. Other people, as we talked about in the in the boundaries episode, other people take that as a rejection, right? Like, fuck, they don't like me anymore. You know, they're they're not as interested in our relationship as they used to be. They're not as interested in being a part of my life as they used to be. That may be the case sometimes. But in a lot of cases, it is literally just that other person saying, without saying, because we are, as a general rule, bad communicators, that's that other person saying, I got to allocate resources to myself because I am putting too much into you or I'm putting too much into these various other people or I'm putting too much into other parts of my life that aren't serving me, that I'm no longer benefiting from. This happens often and it is very commonly taken poorly by other people. But I think what we need to realize is that everyone is trying to do the same thing. You know, we're all trying to live our lives in a way that makes us feel good. And whereas we can strive to do this in a way that accounts for everybody's feelings and accounts for all the relationships that we have in our life, whether they're, you know, intentional or not. We try to do this in a way that, that provides us balance um, with ourselves. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And if you need to reallocate resources, that's what you're going to do whether you realize that's what you're doing or not, you know, it's a subconscious thing in a lot of cases. You're going to get to a point, hopefully, where you feel more balanced. And there's nothing wrong with that. How we do it could be improved. But at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with investing in yourself. Okay, so I think on that note, we're going to wrap it up wrap up episode 22 so before i take off um i want to ask the question to all my listeners can you give me some ideas if you have them for how to get this podcast how to get it to more people how do we spread this podcast a little bit more effectively i have a pretty core group of listeners it seems like there's consistently um between you know 50 no that's too high but consistently between like 30 and 60 uh downloads or listens whatever you want to call it um per episode and you know that's not a lot (laughs) i i appreciate everybody who's listening regularly for sure but you know in the grand scheme of things that's not a ton and i would like to get this out to more people. Um, I think some of the stuff I have to say is worthwhile. I mean, I made a podcast, so <laughs> I must think some sort of positively about 
you know, my own opinions and ideas. And as I've said before, a big reason, probably the primary reason that I'm doing this is I feel like I could help someone. My constant listeners, I hope I'm helping you. I hope that you find this, you know, a worthwhile endeavor and I would like to reach more people. So the question that I'm asking to all of you, dear listeners, how do I get this distributed further? I'm already out on all the major um, platforms that you would listen to a podcast. So that's not really something I need to work on. But how do I promote this better? How do I get to more people? I'm not trying to advertise. That's that's definitely not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to monetize. Um, but how do we get it out? How do we break the the hundred listener per episode barrier? <laughs> if we get to a hundred, I'm gonna be excited. I've never gotten to a hundred a hundred downloads <laughs> on an episode. So let me know. And as you already know, but for anybody who's new, you can. Let me know your ideas by emailing me. My email for this podcast is your podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach me on Instagram, post weekly with the new episodes. My Instagram is your underscore EXBF underscore podcast. Let me know your ideas. And as always, let me know if you want to be a guest on the podcast. Let me know if you have any ideas about stuff you want to hear. Let me know if you have ideas, uh, if you know somebody else who wants to be a guest. I'm open to anything, willing to discuss whatever you have in mind. So, on that note, enjoy the rest of your January. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some sun coming up. And until next week, take care. <laughs>